but this is how we're going to sing it. There's no God like my Jesus. 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 Come on, somebody. There's no God like my Jesus. I'm glad we know his name. There's no God like my Jesus. We know who he is. There's no God like my Jesus. 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 Oh, there's no other name. There's no God like my Jesus. Under heaven, given a much sin. There's no God like my Jesus. Why we must be saved? There's no God like my Jesus. There's no God like my Jesus. Behold, He comes, riding on a cloud. He's coming, shining like the sun. He's coming, and the trumpet calls. Every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Behold, He comes, behold, He comes, riding on a cloud, shining like the sun. And the trumpet calls, and your voice is the ear of Jubilee. Give praise to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Glorify His name. Do you love Him? Do you love Him? Send up a praise. Send up a praise. Come on. Let it come from the depth of your your soul, from your innermost being. Oh God, we love you. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. I know we know that's Jehovah. But we were given a great revelation. And the angel said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall save his people from their sins. What a great God we serve. One more time to the Lord. How we love you, Jesus. How we magnify your name. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse number 4. We welcome all of our guests that are with us here today. My friend, uh, friends, brother and sister Rogers from Wisconsin. He is the global missions director of the state there in uh, Wisconsin. Friend of mine, we're so thankful they're down here escaping a little bit of snow, come right into this heat wave. We're still in February, folks. Whew, my, my. But welcome to Florida. It's beautiful. All our guests that are with us, thank you for coming. We pray that you have already been blessed by the power and the touch of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I want you to know that he has things for you today that not even you can imagine or dream or fathom. God wants to touch you. If we will open up our hearts and our minds and our spirits to him and put our prejudiceness and our religious beliefs aside, and just let the Lord Jesus Christ minister to us today. You will be amazed at what God will do for you in this place here this morning. Amen. Romans chapter 3 and verse number 4. The word of God says, God forbid. Yea, let God be true. Everyone say, God is truth. But let every man a liar or be a liar. As it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou 
or judged. Let God be true. And let every man be a liar. Tell your neighbor the only point of view that matters is God's. Your opinion doesn't mean anything to me. How you think my situation is going to end up doesn't bother me. Because the only one that matters is the one that knows the beginning from the end. We're going to try to help somebody today. I believe the Lord has come to minister here just a moment this morning. You've been battling things. You've been hearing voices. Your neighbor, your family, your boss, your critics. Well, probably even your own voice. Criticizing, cutting down, depressing, cutting off, and just speaking despondency and belittling the situation. But the Holy Ghost has come to tell you what he said right here. God is true. Every man's a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings. You stand on the word of God. You proclaim the word of God. It doesn't matter what this world says or anyone else proclaims. You will be justified because his word is true. It will not fail. It will not return void. Come on, somebody. If I'm standing on the word, God is not going to fail me. One more time with all your might. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Father, touch us today. Minister to us today. Speak to our hearts. And everybody say amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's God's point of view. You know, everybody has an opinion. You can be seated. There's a little cliche on that, and we'll just leave it alone. But everybody seems to have an opinion. They always seem to know better about your situation than, well, you do yourself. Try to give you instructions. Don't you love it when somebody that's never had children try to tell you how to raise yours? See it all the time. Someone that's never owned a business tries to give you instructions about what's the right way to go or the right thing to do. Everybody seems to want to have an opinion in an area that they really have no history, background, or, or understanding in it at all. And they want to influence you. In fact, we love opinions so much we've come up with this thing we call the opinion post. I mean, just think about that. The opinion poll. You know, we, we had one of those polls not too long ago with the presidential election. It didn't work out very well. They had Hillary winning, and I'm not going for Hillary or Trump. Just let me preach and shut up. They had, they had Hillary going in with a 10% percentage win over, over Donald Trump, and everybody was coming out of the exit polls, and they were doing an exit poll, and they, the media had scared everybody into voting for Hillary, or at least not saying they voted for Trump. That They were all saying, well, I voted for Hillary, and then they had her winning by 10 points and came out. He slaughtered the situation. Why? Because it's just opinions. And you obviously don't like mine. Thank you, Sister Cordell Williams. But mine was the truth. I was just giving you facts. I wasn't voting for anybody. Your pastor never deals with politics. You know that, right? Politics has no place in this pulpit. It never will. So I was just using that as an opinion poll example. And it seems like all the time we're coming out with these opinion polls everywhere and, 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 and people will freak out and people will get scared and opinions start running around and, and they'll run out and build bunkers in the ground and they'll, they'll pack up their family and their clothes and they'll move to North Carolina out in the, uh, out in the woods somewhere to protect themselves from Y2K because of a bunch of opinions that went around and they're always looking for the world point of view and, and then there's the family point of view that has 
a way of coming against you and you're trying to trust God and, and they're speaking in your mouth and you, you, your ears and they feel you feel like you're following God in a certain direction but families always got their opinion friends have always got their opinion they're coming from everywhere and friend one thing you better know for sure the devil has his opinion as well and he'll try to get it into your heart. And he'll try to get it into your mind. But I've come to preach to us today. If somehow we could get this revelation. That the only opinion that matters to you and me is God's opinion. I believe it was Isaiah that said, whose report are you going to believe? Whose opinion are you going to receive? God said he's the healer. God said he's the deliverer. God said he is your help in a time of trouble. That's what God said. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the devil said. I don't care what my doctor said. I don't care what the diagnosis says. It doesn't matter what the family says. It doesn't matter what the job says. The only thing that matters to me is what my God has spoken into my heart and into my life. I'm telling you right now, many of us are running around with fear. You're running around with dread in your heart. You're running around with fear in your spirit. You go to bed worried. You wake up worried. You fret about everything. Why? Because you're busy listening to everybody else's opinion. When God said, I got your tomorrows. When God said, I'll put food in your cupboard, I'll keep a roof over your head, I'll put clothes on your back. When God said, I'll defeat your enemies. When God said, when trouble comes in, when the devil raises up and he comes in like a flood, God said, I'll raise up a standard in your presence, I'll enter in. I wish somebody helped the preacher today. I feel like I'm all by myself. I'm trying to stir you up this morning. I come to tell you, you got to quit listening to those stinking opinion polls. You got to quit listening to the voices who have no control over you, have no control over your past. They have no control over your tomorrows. They have no power over your today. Only Jesus. I believe it was the Lord that said, you better quit worrying about the one who can only hurt the body. And you better start fearing the one who has control over our eternal soul. I want to know what God's opinion of my situation is because that's the only one that's going to matter. Isaiah told us in Isaiah 6 and 1, look at this. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne. And what was he? He was high and he was lifted up. His glory, his train, it filled the temple. Look at Isaiah 46 and 10, declaring the end from the beginning, from the end ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my cancel shall stand, I will do all of my pleasure. My God, when you got that kind of a promise inside of your life, all you've got to do is say, God, I'm yours. I belong to you. And once you put yourself in his hands, whatever he speaks shall come to pass. It doesn't matter who fights you, who comes against you, what battles you, what disease is named on you. See, I need a bigger hammer. I'm having a tough time getting through some of your walls. I'm preaching and I'm, I'm looking out there at you. And you've listened to so many of opinions all your life. 
This thing is so thick. You think their opinions have come to pass in your life? That's not true. It is because you have believed in their voices. And you have believed in their false prophecies into your life. That you have begun to live as though they are already true. You will begin to address yourself on a daily basis in your mind and in your spirit as those the things that the world and the people of the world and the government system and the devil has proclaimed in your life is eternally true. And God is trying to tear down your wall, get back into your life and say, wait a minute, I covered you with my blood. I've got a calling upon your life I have a purpose in you clap your hands to the Lord he said declaring the end from the beginning the beautiful thing about God is he sees the whole picture from the beginning to the end, from the end to the beginning. I tell you what's awesome about God is God can step into your situation. He don't just stay where you're at. He'll walk all the way to the conclusion before you ever get there. He declares the end. To the beginning. He walks to the end of your situation. Sister love. And God says at the end of your situation. You will not die of that brain tumor. Stand up sister love. Sister Dean stand up. Slap sister Dean sister Elsie. Stand up. Wave. That's a dead woman. According to the opinion of the doctor, that's a dead woman. According to the opinion of science, that's a dead woman. According to the opinion of anybody that would ever read her medical procedures, that is a dead woman. But God... Come on, somebody. But God. What did God do? There she was. You can be seated. Sister Dean, you too. There she was in that hospital bed. They ripped her skull off. That tumor was in there. They pulled brain vessels apart. The doctors began to freak out. Oh, my God, she's bleeding to death. She's going to die. They sewed her back up. They came back and say, she's got just a very small chance of living. But the church began to pray. Oh, yes, we did. And God walked out of that house hospital room. And he made his way down to the end. He went to the end and he said, thou shalt not die. Watch me. So God goes to the conclusion of your situation before you ever get there. And then he proclaims how it's going to end. Then he begins to walk backwards towards the beginning. And he arranges and he and he moves and he ordains and he constructs and he puts in place everything that needs to be in order to bring about the conclusion that he ordained. What I'm trying to tell us right now, don't wait to the end to shout the victory. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're facing. You ought to shout. Because God has already been to your conclusion. God has already gone. Love him, love him, love him, love him. That's what I love about him. 
You know, the thing I love about the Lord the most is that he don't pay attention to my opinion either. Because I give him my opinion pretty often. Huh? Yeah. I'm walking along this path of life, this path of persecutions, trials, and desperations, situations. And I'm walking alone, and a certain situation will come up, and I'll say, now, God, let me explain to you how this needs to work out. You see, Lord, we need a building 10 years ago. I'm 10 years ago. Let me explain how this is supposed to work out. And so I begin to give my opinion and the Lord, well, he don't answer often. Let's love him together right now. Father, we praise you. We thank you. Thank you for blessing my sister. Thank you for ministering right now. Thank you for the revelation that you're delivering right now to this congregation. Thank you, God, for opening our hearts and opening up our minds and our spirits, God. We receive it right now in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now watch me. I stand right here and I proclaim how I think it ought to come to pass. And I'll say, God, now this is what you need to do. And the Lord will say, wait a minute, Daniel. There's something you don't understand. I've already been to the end. And if I do it your way, we're going to mess up what I have intended for the body here in West Palm in the end. So I'm not going to do it your way. I'm going to do it my way. We walk a little bit further. Something tragic happens in your life. And you get on your knees and you say, God, reverse this. Change this. Make this different. Take this back. But God says, what you don't understand has already been to the end. I have already orchestrated all of these things in your life to bring about the best results for your eternal soul, for your family, for your life, for your salvation, for everything. Oh, I need more help than that. I need more help than that. You better get on board. I'm telling you, you need to get on board with the, with the Lord is preaching here today. Don't you sit and listen. You get act. You need to get activated. Because some of you, if you're not in the greatest trial of your life, you're about to go through it. And you're going to wonder what in the world's going on. And God's going to try to remind you, I'm telling you what's happening. It must happen in order to get what I have proclaimed. No wonder his word says all things. Everybody say all things. Shout all things. Shout it like you mean it. All things. All things. This Lord, yes. This Lord, yes. Surely not this, yes. Oh no, can't be this, yes. This to God, yes. This to God, yes. Oh my God, look where I ended up. How did it happen? All things. All things. All things. I walked back in your life. I put things in place. I put them in order. I know they hurt. I know they're hard. I know it's difficult. But in the end, when it's over, it's going to work out for your good. Come on, come on, come on. Send up a praise to him. Send up a praise to him. God speaks to your conclusion. He knows the end from the beginning. That's why his opinion is the only one that matters. Because when everybody else thinks you're a failure, 
when everyone else thinks the judgment of God has come into your life. When everyone else thinks you must be living in sin for that to happen. God says, oh no, if you'll stay with me, I got an ending that's going to blow your mind. I got a conclusion that's going to go beyond anything you could ever imagine if you'll just stay with me. You know, this faith thing just won't go away, will it? Just trusting God where you're at. Paul said, I have learned that whatever situation I'm in, I'm just going to be content. I've learned to be content when I was poor, and I learned to be content when I was rich, because I learned something, that whatever situation I am in, God is orchestrating. The Lord spoke to Paul, the apostle, and he said, you are going to stand before Caesar. So Paul says to the governor, Felix and Philip and all them different people he spoke to, he said, nope, I'm not going to let you set me free. I am a Roman citizen, and I am going to stand before Caesar. They said, well, okay, Paul. Now, what the Lord didn't tell him is that meant that he will spend two-thirds of the rest of his life in prison. And that some of those situations, he will be in a dungeon with nothing but a little hole, and the only thing trickling into his cell is urine from upper cells. Rats. Shoving food into a dark little room. What are you doing, Paul? I'm going to see Caesar. The Lord said, I'm going to see Caesar. No, Paul, you are in a dungeon. That's where you're at. Now, we cannot find biblically where Paul actually stood before Caesar. However, I can certainly tell you this. If God said he's going to stand before Caesar, he stood before Caesar. And when the conclusion finally came, they put Paul in a nice home in Rome as a Roman citizen. And they gave him servants to take care of him. Now they put gourds at the door, which they had to change about every three days. Because Paul kept praying them through. Because he was content to be wherever God put him. He had a revelation. The Lord has already proclaimed in my life what will happen in the end. And so whatever happens in between, uh, it must be ordained of him as well. And I will be content in it. And I will trust him. And I will not lose faith. And I will hold on. And no matter what happens, I will praise his holy righteous name is there a praiser in the house this faith thing won't go away our troubled hearts our fearful hearts come from our lack of trust that God has us in the palm of his hands. He told his disciples, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In verse number two, in my father's house or many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I love this part. I go to prepare a place for you. He spoke into the end. Now what he did not tell them is some of you are going to be crucified upside down. Some of you are going to be sold asunder. Some of you are going to be boiled in oil. Some of you are going to be tortured unto death. And you're going to be mortared for my name. But I have already proclaimed you're in. I've got it under control. Stay faithful. Walk the line, the path God has given you. And when it's over, the end is going to blow our minds. Anybody want to go to heaven?
I'm not going to hold us but a few more minutes. I want to give you an example here in the word of the Lord. Exodus chapter 14, verse number 3. Look at Pharaoh's opinion. Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are entangled in the land. The wilderness have shut them in. Pharaoh, if you can allow it to be, representing the devil, had an opinion. He said, Israel, instead of crossing over into Canaan, they'd gone south and they traveled and they went into this this crevice, this valley area called Belzephon, and they were there at Pharaoh. There it was, the Red Sea was before them. And the, the servants of Pharaoh came to him. And they said, Israel is trapped. Wilderness on the left, mountains on the right, desert behind them, a Red Sea in front of them. And the, their situation looked plight. It looked horrible. How can anybody escape? Pharaoh gets his 600 chariots. He gets his probably several thousand Harshmen and footmen, and they begin to march towards Pharaoh. When Israel saw them coming, they had their opinion. Israel, children of Israel said in Exodus 10 and 14, uh, I'm sorry, 14 and 10, when they saw Pharaoh drawing nigh, the Bible says they were afraid. In verse 11, they said to Moses, have you brought us out into to the wilderness that we might die? In the next verse, they said, it would have been better for us to stay with the Egyptians. Pharaoh had his opinion. Israel had their opinion. But when Moses asked God, Moses said, God, what do we do? What is your opinion? Because things are not looking good. We can't go to the right. The beast of the mountains and the cold air will kill us. We can't go to the left. The hungry beast of the desert, the wilderness, will devour us. We can't go behind us. Because behind us is the all-powerful army of Pharaoh. God, what is your opinion? I love God's answer. Because one thing about God, whatever he told you to do here is the same thing he's going to tell you to do right here. And it don't matter how far you walk down this path. If the command that he gave you in the beginning was to bring you to the conclusion, it will be the same command everywhere as you stop and ask the question. God, I know you told me that you were going to take the children of Israel into the promised land, into Canaan's land that flows with milk and honey. And God, we took off all right. Doing good. Am I doing all right? Not boring, am I? We took off pretty good. We collected a little gold and a few diamonds on the way. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says they went to their neighbors and knocked on the door, and they took all their goods. They spoiled Egypt. They piled into them golden earrings and bracelets and headbands and nose rings and toe rings and belly button rings and everything. Pile it all in there and gold and silver, diamonds. Man, they're walking out of Egypt feeling cool. They got all their cattle loaded up with bags of corn and grain. and Everything is awesome. We going Canaan's land. We going Canaan's land. Man, they were singing. Their things were awesome. Things was great. And then all of a sudden they look up and there's a red sea in front. 
and there's an army behind them. You know what I'm talking about. God puts you on a journey, everything going good, everything going fine. You got your raise on your job. Everybody loves you. Everything's great. And one day you wake up and your whole life falls apart. And you think God is redirecting your path. He's not changing anything. He had already proclaimed to you in the beginning where he's sending you, what he wants to do in your life. And just because a disastrous situation shows up in the middle of the path that he promised you does not mean you are not going to make it where God is sending you. He said, he said, Lord, what do we do now? And I love the answer God gave him. He said, Moses, why are you asking me this question again? Why criest thou unto me? Do what I told you to do the first time. Tell those people to go forward. But God, there's a Red Sea in front of us. The Red Sea, Moses, is not your problem. But there's an army behind us. The army is not your problem. Wilderness and what? Th those are not your problem, Moses. You have one problem. Will you obey my voice? That's the only thing you have to deal with. Is will you? Yes, Lord, I will. He raised that staff. The wind came. We know the story. They walked across on dry ground. Why? Because God said when they were still slaves in Egypt. In fact, God told Abraham 430 years before they ever went into bondage, I'm going to give your seed this land. It's going to belong to them. And every step they took everything that happened was a part of fulfilling the divine will in their life. God was bringing them to the end, to the conclusion. I've come to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost, I know there's been some hard things. I know there's been some tough things. But I'm here to tell you, God has not forsaken you. God has not left you. God has not abandoned you. You are not alone. God has you in his hand. He's never going to let you go. He'll never lose his grip on you. Just keep walking. Just keep walking. Just keep going. God's got wonderful things he's going to do in your life. Worship the Lord one more time. Will you worship him one more time? Will you give him praise? God's point of view. The Lord said, <coughs> He said, uh, He said, Sammy, I want you to go to Jesse's house. And I want you to go anoint one of Jesse's sons as king. Which one, Lord? I'll tell you when we get there. You just go do what I said. Okay. So he goes to Jesse's. We know the story, right? Uh, first three sons was uh, Aminadad, Shema, and uh, Abinadad, I think. I think so. Any Bible quizzers? I'm pretty sure I'm right. Don't challenge me. The Lord will change the words just to make you wrong. He changed it. Just kidding. And they, Samuel said, oh, 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 yes. Look at that guy. Look at that guy. Tall and strong, powerful. Samuel said, surely this is the Lord's kingdom. And God said, I'm not interested in your opinion. It doesn't matter to me what you think is good. I've already concluded the end of this situation. He marks another, another. We know the story. All seven go by. Finally, Samuel says, Lord said no to all of these. You have another son? Well, you know, the, the youngest, he keeps the sheep in the back seat. 
side of the field. And, and uh, he's, you, you don't want him. He's a redhead. For Facebook, my son's a redhead. He's in Stewart on Mission Church. So you don't want him. He's, he's soft hands. He, he doesn't know nothing. He just keeps sheep. Samuel said, we're not going to sit till you go get him because God has concluded it is one of your sons. So they go and fetch him, right? And they bring him in. And the Bible says that Samuel takes the oil and pours over the head of David. Anoints him king. Anoints him king of Israel. Do you know where David goes after that anointing? Right back to the sheep field. Right back to meh, meh, old fighting sheep, stinky sheep, kind of herding them along. And then there was a rustle in the bushes. Remember now, he's anointed king. And out of that bush comes a bear. And if there would have been me or you there, you know what our opinion would have been? Run! Oh, yeah. Katie Ann, we'd have, grabbed, we'd have grabbed old David by the nap of the neck. And we would have drugged him away. But God was getting David ready for something greater. Anointed king. God comes upon him with anointing. He goes, we know the story, kills the, kills the bear. We don't know how much longer. Comes a lion, kills the lion. He's anointed king. Situations that come into his life that you wouldn't think would have ever touched the anointed one. The precious one. Well, I'm God's kid. This can't be happening to me. It's happening to you because you are God's kid. And what he is doing in you is going to bring about a conclusion that's going to impact many more lives than just yours. He makes his way out to his brothers fighting in a battle. There's a giant down in the valley of Elah. Here comes his brother's opinion, right? His brothers say to him, we know what thou art doing, thou knowledge child. You have, who you leave those few sheep with? You've come out here to spy on us and see what's going on. What are you doing here? And about time that giant says, who will come down and fight me? And David's looking around and he's saying, is there not a cause? What was the cause? The cause was the anointing that had come into his life the cause was the God that he serves that nobody would challenge the army of the living God and he said I'll go down and fight that uncircumcised Philistine that dog because there is a cause no David you're the anointed one it's because I am the anointed one that I will not turn I will not run I am his and I will not detour from the path that he's called me on David started here on the other end is when he's crowned king of Israel. But on the way, he had to fight a lion. He had to fight a bear. He had to fight a giant. Then the current king tried to kill him and chase him everywhere he went. Where you going, David? Somehow, someway, I'm getting to the proclaimed end of what God has called and anointed in my life, I will get there. Come on. Let's stand to our feet. Music, if you'll come. Is there anybody determined? Is there anybody determined? Have you come to let that devil know? Shut up. Have you come to tell everybody else? Shut up. Have you come to tell yourself? Shut up. The only one I want to hear. The only opinion I want to know. Scott.
he has already proclaimed. Book of Mark has a unique story. Jarius came to the Lord and said, would you come heal my daughter? On his way, he stopped and took care of another situation. And so they're, they're on their way. And as they turn to go back towards Jairus' home, the Bible says his servant came out of the house and came and spoke to Jarius. And he said, trouble not the master. Your daughter is dead. Now the Lord had already proclaimed to him, I will come and heal your daughter. That's where the journey began. He proclaimed at the beginning of that journey what he would do at the end. But while they walked, he was interrupted and stopped to do a, a healing along the way. I believe it was the lady that broke through the crowd that time. He stopped to heal. He continues, gets a little further down the path, and someone comes out and says, bother not the master, your daughter is dead. Jesus turns to him and says, don't listen to that. His opinion doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is I said that I would come to your house and heal your daughter. They continue to go. They make it to the house. They open up the door. And all the mourners are surrounding the bed. And they're crying out. And Jesus, in his love, has Jairus by the hand, walks to the side of the bed of his daughter. And he looks at him and he says, fear not. She's not dead. She's just asleep. And then all the scoffers. Now, you better hear, Pastor, right now. Because I'm concluding right here. And you better hear what God is saying to you right now. Because this is what's going to make the difference on whether you receive what God has already proclaimed in your life. The Bible says they begin to mock and scoff and laugh at him. <laughs> Can't you look at her and see that she's dead? Look, there's no breath coming out of her nostrils. There's no heart beating in her chest. There's no pulse in her wrist. You foolish rabbi. How dare you challenge our expertise. The RN of the city right here has already proclaimed the counters. The, uh, the, what do they call those people that build coffins? What's with a C? Corners. The coroner is, uh, that's a weird name. Whatever. The funeral guy. Is that Good enough. Funeral guy is already building her coffin. Ha, 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 ha. They begin to laugh at him. You know what Jesus says? Get out of here. Get out of here. Get, 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 get. I don't even hear your voice. I'm not interested in your opinion. I don't care what you think. My God has told me. This is the tenacity that must get a hold of your spirit right now, right here. Today, you've got to tell the devil, I will not listen to you any longer. You've got to tell your friends, I will not listen to you any longer. Your family, I will not hear you any longer. I will listen to him and him only will I hear
Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff. They comfort me. When everything says no, your word says yes. When everybody says no, your spirit says yes. When everything, when every circumstance cries, it'll never happen. It'll never come to pass. You'll never see it. Something in me hears that. Your daughter will never be saved. Your son will never be saved. Your spouse will never be saved. Pastor, the devastation that's just take another one because I am proclaiming to you in the Holy Ghost that God has already proclaimed your end from the beginning and he knew everything you would face he knew everything you would go through and let me tell you I just want to tell you and I want you to listen to your pastor closely Whatever you lose on this journey huh, that you thought was supposed to be a part, whew, whatever God cuts off, whatever God removes out of your life, it's because your end is proclaimed from your beginning. And there's some things that have attached to you that in order for you to make it where God is calling you to be, some things have to go. Some things have to be cut off. Some things have to be loose. So the devil runs up to you and he says, you lost. It's over. You'll never make it now. And God has come to tell you to say today, tell them, get out. Stop scoffing at my miracle. Stop laughing at the journey that God is bringing me on. No, I didn't want to lose it. No, I don't understand it. But this I do know. He has proclaimed my end from the beginning. And I'm not going to let anything get me off this path. And so whatever I've got to let go. Listen, if you want some tenacity to get a hold of you, some determination, this altar is open. If you're going through something, you're facing something, there's something going on in your life that's been going on for a long time. And voices have been speaking to you. And discouragement has come. And despondency has come. And difficulties have come. I'm telling you, this altar call is for you today. You can step out from where you are and make your way down to this altar. And you need to tell them to get out. You need to get angry in the spirit. And you need to tell them to get out. Get out of your mind. Get out of your heart. Get out of your spirit. Get out, devil. I will not listen to you. I will not hear you. Pharaoh, you better turn around and go back where you came from. Because my God will destroy anything that gets in the way of my journey. He proclaimed my end from my beginning. He understands everything that I will face. And he has proclaimed it all. And if anything stands in the way, he will destroy it. 
He said, tell Israel, you'll never see the faces of these Egyptians again. Why? Because they thought they could stop me from getting you into the promised land. I will destroy you. It wasn't the father of the daughter. Now stay with me. We're about to end this right now. It was not the father of the daughter who told the mockers to get out. It was Jesus himself who said, get out. Leave my presence. Sometimes we don't know what to pray. Listen, sometimes we don't know who to tell to leave. <laughs> Right? Is that not the truth? That's probably our most confusing point. In fact, if it was just left up to us, we'd probably kick the father out too. But God knows. The spirit knows who needs to go. The Spirit will reveal to you. And as we pray and as we seek God and we are going to pray in the Spirit. Some of you are fighting battles with your children, some with your parents. Some you're fighting battles with your spouses. Some of you you're fighting just family relationship battles of any kind and job health the list just goes on the first thing we need to receive in our spirit and know without a doubt is that God has put me on this journey and he will never leave me and he will never forsake me oh He will walk with me every step of the way. No matter what comes, no matter what happens, He will be with me. He has declared my end from my beginning. He has put everything in between. Think it not strange that persecutions and tribulations and trials have come your way. We live in a real world situations. He said, if they hate me, they're going to hate you. If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. These things are going to happen, but I've got you on a journey. Situations are going to come, but I've got you on a journey. And I have declared your end from your beginning. And I will bring you through every everything that happens every point of the journey I will bring you through every valley I will help you over every mountain I will never leave you I will never forsake you we must believe know receive understand no matter how difficult it is God has put us on this journey And whatever he has taken from you, for whatever reason he has chosen, he will repay a hundredfold. His word says, I will repay a hundredfold. For every pain this journey causes you, I will give you a hundred moments of joy. Oh, yes. For every difficult time this journey causes you, I will give you a hundred times of pleasure. Oh, yes, I will. For everything I must remove out of your life, I will replace it some form, some fashion, a hundred times into your life. In 
And so we must make up our minds today. It's God's opinion that matters. It's what God says that matters. It's what God is doing that matters. And I will follow him. I will not follow man. I will not yield to the voice of man. I will follow God. I will work for the kingdom. I will do and continue the journey. Do you feel that way today? And the other thing is we're going to begin to pray in the Spirit right now. I want you to begin to let the Spirit speak through you. You know, Pastor doesn't do this very often. But I feel this is what the Lord wants us to do. I want you to just begin to pray in the Spirit. And you're going to begin to feel an unction from God that's going to come on you. I'm telling you. Because there's some things in your life that He's about to tell to get out. As you begin to speak and pray in the Spirit, the Lord is going to begin to cast some things out of your life. He's going to cast out doubt. He's going to cast out fear. He's going to cast out condemnation. Come on. He's going to cast out depression. Come on, let him do it. Let him do it. That's it. Speak. Speak in the Holy Ghost. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, lift your hands right now. Repent of your sins. And God will fill you with his spirit. Come on, let's call on God. Let's call on God. Call on God. Come on, speak. 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 Speak in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. It will utter things. He will utter things that you don't know to say. Get out. Get out. Get out. That's what I hear the Holy Ghost saying. Get out. I've come to do a miracle. Get out. Come on. I've come to raise the dead. Get out. Get out your mockers. Get out your scoffers. Get out your non-believers. Get out doubt. Get out fear. Get out. Oh, yeah. I feel a strength coming into this place right now. I feel a renewing of a strength coming upon, coming upon you right now. Oh, yes. Come on, receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Let him touch you. Let him bring you renewed strength. Let him renew your hope. Chest moving, Jarius. I think I feel a heartbeat, Jarius. I feel a pulse. I feel a pulse, Jarius. God has proclaimed it. God has proclaimed it. He's not gonna let anything hinder it. He's not gonna let anything stop it. Come on, let a determination get a hold of you. Let a tenacity get a hold of you.
Come and get a hold of you. Because they have come to hinder what God has proclaimed in your life. And I am determined not to let anything stick around when God has already declared my end from the beginning. Are you ready? We're going to shout it on three, and we're going to shout it three times. Are you ready? One, two, Three, get out, get out, get out. Oh. Do you feel it? Do you feel it? Can't you feel it? My God, I feel a freedom. I feel a break in a chain. God bless you. I love you. Pastor will be back on daily devotions or through the Bible tomorrow. I've been out of town all week last week. God bless you. I love you. You're the greatest people in the world. Greet one another. Love one another. Be kind to one another. Uplift one another. Speak well of one another. Encourage one another. Give us strength to one another. Love one another. Love you.